This message was shared from the pulpit at Good News Baptist Church in Chesapeake, Virginia. For more information, visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org. Well, this evening, uh, over the next few minutes, I have uh, just a shorter message that God has laid on my heart. So if you have your Bibles, go ahead and open up with me to Judges uh, chapter number 13. We're going to be looking at a passage in the Old Testament this evening. Now, as you're turning there, think with me about maybe uh, someone in your life, um, a good friend, it could be pastor, a relative, someone who comes up to you and they say, hey, you know, I have this book that I would like you to read. They give you this book, it could be a biography, it could be a novel, maybe a book on leadership, a theological book to help you understand God's word better. Whatever it is, they give you this book and they ask you to read it and let, you, and let them know what you think of it. So you take it home, maybe uh, before you get in bed, you, you, know, you read the introduction, uh, you read the first chapter, and then you close it, put it on your nightstand, and if you're a lot like me, you probably forget about it. Uh, it, it sits there collecting dust, some time goes by, and maybe a week or two weeks later, you see your friend again who gave you the book, and they ask you, they're like, you know, what'd you think of it? Did you finish it? You have to kind of look your friend in the eye and say, you know, I, I started it, you know, the first part was great, but I haven't finished it. Well, that's not why they gave you the book. They didn't give you the book to start it and then just forget about it, put it off to the side. It was to start it, read every chapter, every page, and ultimately finish it. Tonight, the title of the message is, Why Just Begin When You Can Finish? Now, this isn't a thought that you, you know, haven't heard of before, or this is not going to blow your mind, but it's something that we need reminder of and encouragement uh, to continue doing quite often. You know, when God sent his son down to this earth to die on the cross for our sins, to give us the free gift of salvation, it wasn't for us to, uh, you know, become Christians and then sit back, relax, and not live a life for him. No, that was only the beginning. That was the start of something. And if you're in, uh, sitting in here tonight or watching by way of live stream, and if you've accepted Christ as your Savior, you also have started something. And how we live each day ultimately determines how we finish. Tonight, we're going to be looking at parts of the life of Samson. And we're going to see how, you know, he starts, but he's not going to finish the way that God would want him to. So you've turned with me to Judges 13. We're going to just read one verse and then open up with a word of prayer. Judges 13, uh, we're going to start in verse number 5. For lo, thou shalt conceive and bear a son, and no razor shall come on his head, for the child shall be a Nazarite unto God from the womb, and he shall begin to deliver Israel out of the hand of the Philistines. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Heavenly Father, God, Thank you for this church, Lord, and their testimony, God. Thank you for uh, what you've already done tonight uh, in the service by way of music. God, I pray that um, you'll be with me that over the next um, 15 to 20 minutes. Lord, just fill me with your spirit, God. Cleanse me of sin. Give me the words to say what needs to be said to be an encouragement to at least one person listening tonight, God. Thank you for loving us and dying on the cross for our sins. In your name we pray, amen. Now, the whole purpose of starting something is to finish it. You know, it's it's a whole lot easier to start than it is to finish. If we were to, you know, um, show you a list of all of the things that I have started and then compare it to the list of the things that I've finished in my life, well, let me be the first to tell you, one of those lists is going to be a whole lot longer than the other one. And I dare say that that's probably true for everybody in here. Uh, tonight, we're going to see that the steps and decisions that Samson made along the way uh, really caused him to not finish the way God would want him to. 
you know, young people tonight, you may be kind of rolling your eyes thinking, you know, why on earth do I care about finishing? You know, I've barely even started. I have my whole life ahead of me. But how we live today determines who we are tomorrow and so on and so forth uh, all the way down till we, till we get the, to the end. And so um, for sake of time, we're only going to be looking at, you know, parts of the life of Samson. So flip over with me to chapter 14, and we're going to pick up Samson's life in verse number one. Chapter 14, verse one reads, And Samson went down to Timnath and saw a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. And he came up and told his father and his mother and said, I have seen a woman in Timnath of the daughters of the Philistines. Now, therefore, get her for me to wife. So point number one this evening, his relationships were not right. His relationships weren't right. Uh, we just read in chapter 13, verse 5, that the whole reason uh, Samson was given his uh, tremendous strength was to deliver Israel from the Philistines. That was his whole purpose. And we see that he, he begins to, he starts that, but he, he starts to make some mistakes. He, he's down in Timnath, one of the Philistine cities, uh, fellowshipping with them, uh, spending time with them, and then he wants to marry one of their daughters. Uh, he goes, he, uh, let's keep reading in verse number three. Then his father and his mother said unto him, Is there never a woman among the daughters of thy brethren, or among all my people, that thou goest to take a wife of the uncircumcised Philistines? And Samson said unto his father, Get her for me. For she pleaseth me well. The, the second relationship that starts to go wrong is the relationship with his parents. Now, this simple decision to, uh, you know, spend time down in Timnath and want to marry one of these daughters is already having a rippling, cascading effect in Samson's life. You know, if we, if we started reading this, and instead of what we just read, if it said something like, you know, Samson, he saw this woman that he wanted to marry her, but he listened to his parents, and he, he turned away and married one of the Israelites, well, I believe that the rest of Samson's story would honestly be vastly different than what it is. But he doesn't listen to his parents. He does what he wants to do. He tells his father, you know, I don't want to have any of that. Uh, go get this woman for me because that is what I want. You know, uh, I, I, you know, at the time growing up, uh, I grew up in a Christian family. My parents were um, both saved uh, early on in their lives. They went to Christian college. I look back now and I'm thankful for godly parents and how that they kind of uh, steered me away from a lot of the things uh, that, you know, were temptations in my life. I, but Samson, he had godly parents, but he didn't listen to them. Now, this, this point is not just for, you know, young people this evening. Um, when we start talking about friends and, uh, you know, parents, it's easy for uh, maybe the older crowd to kind of be like, okay, this is for them. I don't have to, don't have to look at anything. You know, God's not speaking to me right now, but, you know, examine the relationships in your life right now. Is there someone that is maybe pulling you farther away from God? And maybe instead of your parents telling you that's not right, it could be the word of God or, or the man of God. Don't, you know, tune out the uh, biblical authority in your life. If there is something that needs to be corrected, uh, definitely have a tender heart to that. Uh, a few verses later in the chapter, Samson is going through a vineyard to go marry this woman. Uh, he's on his way back to Timnath, and he's going through this vineyard, and a lion jumps out of him. And we all remember that, you know, Samson has tremendous strength, so he kills this lion. It was no problem for him. Well, some time goes by, and let's pick it up in verse number eight. And after a time, he returned to take her. And he turned aside to see the carcass of the lion, and behold, there was a swarm of bees and honey in the carcass of the lion. And he took thereof in his hands and went on eating, and came to his father and mother, and he gave them, and they did eat. 
but he told not them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. So the first relationship that was wrong was just this relationship to this woman, which then hurt his relationship with his parents. And now we see it ultimately hurts his relationship with God. You'll remember from when you first learned about Samson that part of his vow with the Lord was that he could not touch a dead body, couldn't touch an unclean thing. So when he's going back through this vineyard uh, to go uh, to receive his, uh, his bride, his wife, he, he is in a place he shouldn't be and is faced with temptation he shouldn't face. And he sees this lion. He sees the honey in the lion and he has a decision to make. Is he going to do what's right and keep on walking? Or is he going to reach in and take this honey? Well, he does what's wrong. And the Bible makes it very clear that Samson knows this is the wrong thing because he makes the intentional decision to not tell his parents. His parents would have, they wouldn't have held back. They would have told him, hey, that's wrong. You shouldn't have done that. So he decides to not tell them. You know, what are your relationships like and how are they affecting your relationship with God? To Samson at the time, he may have made some of the same excuses that we tell ourselves on a daily basis. You know, it's like, oh, they're not that bad. You know, I still go to church. I still read my Bible. You know, it's okay if I have this influence in my life. It's not going to affect me that much. Samson may have very well thought some of those same things, but this has had a uh, chain reaction in his life. And he might not have had any idea that this would have ended up hurting his relationship with God in the way it did. So his relationships were not right. Well, jump down with me to uh, verse number 12, and we're going to read a couple verses here. And Samson said unto them, I will now put forth a riddle unto you. If you can certainly declare at me within the seven days of the feast and find it out, then I will give you 30 sheets and 30 change of garments. But if you cannot declare at me, then shall ye give me 30 sheets and 30 change of garments. And they said unto him, Put forth thy riddle that we may hear it. And he said unto them, Out of the eater came forth meat, and out of the strong came forth sweetness. And they could not in three days expound the riddle. Now, um, point number two, uh, his motives were not right. We begin to see a bit of pride swelling up in Samson's life. You know, he gets a little cocky, a little arrogant. He thinks, you know, I have an answer to this riddle, and they're never going to be able to figure it out. And he tries to take advantage of them not knowing this answer. Well, those Philistines, they're not about to give this Israelite 30 changes of clothing. So they go to the woman that Samson had just married and they tell her, you know, you need to get us the answer to this riddle or we're going to burn down your house and kill all of your family. So she was pretty motivated to that point and she gets this riddle from Samson and and tells these men. Well, these men come back revealing the answer to Samson and the Bible says he doesn't react in any way that a Christian should. The Bible says that he reacts out of anger. He goes down to a neighboring city, he kills 30 men and then takes their clothing and gives them to these other group of men. Now, a side note in this passage is uh, I'm thankful that we serve a God who can still work through things like this. Uh, He was still using Samson, uh, but Samson was not motivated by finishing what he started. He wasn't motivated by, you know, it's like knowing that his task was to deliver Israel from the Philistines. He was motivated by pride and anger. You know, when you're motivated by the wrong things, it often runs out much faster than you intended. If you're motivated by pride, by being seen of man or by, by just lashing out of anger, you know, that, that, those are going to lead you down the wrong paths. You know, are you uh, motivated by pride and anger like Samson? Or it could be much more subtle things, 
things lying deep beneath the surface, surface things like uh, selfishness, bitterness, greed, the things that can creep into our lives and really take up root in our hearts and cause us to, to not you know, reach out and be an encouragement when we know we should be, or to not jump in and serve in the local church, to not give of our money the way we should. Uh, the Bible says in four, 1 John 4.19, you know, we love him because he first loved us. We should serve God out of, out of love because he saved us and not out of, of just fulfilling a Christian duty. Uh, you know, when I was in, I was, I was a student at PCC, this is something the Lord really started to work in my heart about. I realized that being, you know, being raised in a Christian home, my parents had told me, if you're, gonna, if you're going to enjoy our air conditioning and our food, you're going to go to church with us. So I would go to church every time the doors were open, but I didn't let it affect me in the ways that I should have. I wasn't motivated correctly. It was because I was there because I felt like I had to be. That's where all my friends were. You know, uh, we had fun youth activities every now and then. It wasn't because I loved God and wanted to get closer to Him. And so when I went to college, I realized I, those were the, my same motivations. It wasn't my love for God. Uh, I read a stat not all that long ago that says 80% of young people, once they graduate high school, they walk away from their faith. 80%. I really think that that's because uh, many teenagers and many young people and adults were just like, you know, I was motivated by the wrong things. And so when we get out from, you know, maybe under our parents' house, that motivation runs out real quick. Uh, we should make sure uh, that we're motivated by serving God, by wanting to be the Christian that he wants us to be and not some fleshly desire uh, of this world. So we've seen how Samson's relationships and now his motives are gonna cause him to finish in a way that would not please the Lord and would not fulfill uh, what God's calling is on his life. So uh, flip over with me to chapter 16. Let's pick it up in verse number three and see what God uh, has for us here. Verse three of chapter 16 reads, and Samson lay till midnight and arose at midnight and took the doors of the gate of the city and the two posts and went away with him, bar and all, and put them upon his shoulders and carried them up to the top of a hill that is before Hebron. Now, as a little kid in Sunday school, I thought this was really just the coolest thing. To imagine Samson just waking up, ripping this gate off of the city, and then just putting it on the top of a hill where they wouldn't be able to get it. I thought that was super neat, but I didn't realize that Samson never should have even been in this situation to begin with. Go back up to verse number one to see why he was there. Then went Samson to Gaza and saw there an harlot and went in unto her. Point number three this evening, Samson's heart was not right. His heart had yet again, excuse me, led him to a place that he shouldn't have been. And when he was faced with this temptation, he didn't withstand it. He gave in to it. And the men of the city knew that. And so they, they surround him and try to attack him. And so he has to rip the gate off the city in order to escape. His heart was not right. Now, you can't really talk about the life of Samson without mentioning his relationship with Delilah. Uh, the Philistines at this point, they're pretty sick and tired of Samson. They want to get rid of him. He's really, you know, uh, been a thorn in their side. And so they go to Delilah and they tell her to find out his weakness, figure out where Samson get his tremendous strength from. She begins to nag and to beg and to plead, as we all know, to get the answer. And he, he toys around with her. He gives her lies here and there, but he slowly gets closer and closer and closer to the truth until we get to verse 16 of chapter 16. 
And it came to pass that when she pressed him daily with her words and urged him so that his soul was vexed unto death, that he told her all his heart and said unto her, There hath not come a razor upon mine head, for I have been a Nazarite unto God from my mother's womb. If I be shaven, then my strength will go from me, and I shall become weak and be like any other man. The Bible says that all it took for uh, him to give in was for her to just press him daily, to just urge, to just to beg day after day after day, to chip away slowly for Samson to give all his heart away. As Christians today, the world, Satan, they're trying to do the same thing to us. They're trying to chip away just slowly, day after day, to find out where, at what point, are we going to give in? Are we going to, you know, uh, give it all up to just walk away from the Lord and start living like the world? That is why it is so important to be in God's word every day, to make sure that uh, our relationship, we have a close relationship with God, that we have close communion with the Lord, so that when we're, when we're pressed, when we're urged, you know, at, at some point soon, we're not going to give into it like Samson. We're going to be able to withstand that uh, and live a life that honors the Lord. Uh, Samson, you know, as we all know, he, he, his head uh, gets shaved. And then Delilah, she tells Samson to wake up. She says, the Philistines are upon thee. You know, you need to get up and fight them. He wakes up and just like the other times before this, he kind of looks at her like, you know, this is no big deal. I've got this. This will be like any other time. But the last sentence of verse number 20 is, is honestly, in my opinion, one of the saddest. And he wist not that the Lord was departed from him. You know, when he woke up that time, you think he would have remembered that he had just told her the secret, that he would have told her he gets his strength from the Lord. But he wakes up, he says, this is gonna be like any other time. And he has no idea that the power of God has left his life. You know, if we were sitting here tonight and for some reason, if God's power left you right now, would you leave here knowing that something was wrong? Something was terribly, terribly wrong. Something was different in your life. Or would you be like Samson? Would it just be like any other Wednesday night? You know, would you drive home uh, having no idea? Or would you know that your relationship with God has been hurt? That something has creeped into your heart and communion with the Lord has been broken? I hope that everyone in here would know that, hey, something is terribly wrong. I need to make this right with God right now. Uh, if, if you're sitting out there, if you're watching tonight, and you would say, you know, I don't think my heart is right. It's not where it should be because I've never asked Christ into my heart. Well, if that's you, I hope that you'll seek someone out tonight. Come talk to pastor, myself, the guys, my wife, anyone in here. We would love to take God's word and show you in just a few simple verses how that you can accept Christ into your heart. If you're sitting there and you've already asked Christ to be your savior, but there's maybe sin in your life, if your heart has just has drifted from the Lord like Samson, I pray that you'll make that right tonight. Because how we live today determines who we are tomorrow. Uh, Romans 6, 12 and 13 says, Let not sin therefore reign in your moral body, that ye obey it in the lust thereof. Neither yield ye your members as instruments of unrighteousness unto sin, but yield yourselves unto God, as those that are alive from the dead, and your members as instruments of righteousness. Samson, he yielded himself to the flesh. He, he was not used in a way that uh, any Christian, the way he could have been. He had all of the potential, but because of a few poor choices, he didn't finish uh, what he started. 
If you keep reading the Bible, you're going to have to read all the way to 1 Samuel chapter number 7 to see when Israel, when the Philistines are finally defeated and the Israelites are delivered from them. It's actually the prophet Samuel who has to do so. Samuel had to finish what Samson started. Uh, in 1968, the Olympics were being held. Uh, there was a, a marathon runner by the name of John Aquari. He was a marathon runner from the country of Tanzania, and he was so proud to represent his country uh, in the Olympics. Uh, all the runners, they line up on the starting block, the gun goes off, and the marathon begins. John, he's doing quite well. Uh, he's, in the, he's in a pack of runners. But at some point during the race, uh, one of those runners trips and falls and actually causes John Aquari to also fall. When he, when he crashes, he hurts his forehead, he hurts his shoulder, and he actually dislocates his knee. Everyone thought that that was it, that John Aquari was out of the race. Well, uh, some time goes on, and the first marathon runner crosses the finish line at 2 hours and 20 minutes. So that's a pretty quick marathon. Some time goes by, you know, the, the marathon ends, they give the first, second, and third place runners their medals, they have their ceremony, the, the stadium where the finish line was held begins to empty, and people go on to the next event. They go to their hotels, maybe they go home, whatever the day held for them. But there was one TV crew that was still there. They were waiting for another event in the stadium later on, and about an hour later, after the first marathon runner crossed the finish line, they see someone kind of limping their way towards them. As he gets closer, they realize that he's wearing a runner's uniform and that it's actually John Aquari himself. And instead of, you know, crossing the finish line to a stadium filled with people chanting his name, here he is bandaged up, his knee in a brace, limping his way across the finish line. He, didn't cross, he crossed at three hours and 25 minutes, over an hour after the first runner. The TV crew couldn't believe this. They run out to him and they ask him, why did you keep running? And that is when he famously said, my country did not send me 5,000 miles to start the race. They sent me 5,000 miles to finish the race. You know, God wants us to finish the calling he's placed on our lives. When we became Christians, we all started something. Samson had all the potential in the world to finish, but instead fell short because of a few poor choices along the way. We need to learn from his example so that we can finish our race strong. In order to continue and eventually finish the way God would want us to, let's examine our relationships. Is there anyone in our life who's hurting our relationship with the Lord, causing us to make poor decisions, it's, it's putting us in places we shouldn't be, causing us to face temptation we shouldn't face? If that's true, uh, I pray that you will adjust that relationship the way that it needs to. Uh, maybe uh, seek counsel from pastor or, or just pray to God and say, show me what I need to do. Uh, you don't necessarily need to cut that person completely out of your life, but you don't need to let them influence you and hurt your relationship with God. Next, examine your motives. You know, why do you do the things that you do? Is, you know, uh, are you here tonight to be seen of man uh, or are you here to you know, love God and worship him? And lastly, and in my opinion, the hardest one to do, let's examine our heart. Is there sin in our life or anything that's breaking fellowship with the Lord? I pray that if that's true, you'll make that right with God tonight and restore that fellowship so that your heart is where it needs to be so that if uh, you're faced with temptation, when the world tries to press you, you won't give into it like Samson, but you'll stand strong and eventually finish the way that God would want you to. 
I hope that was an encouragement to you. Uh, I'm going to close uh, in a word of prayer, and then pastor's going to come up and dismiss as he sees fit. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day, Lord. Thank you for your word and all that we can learn from it. God, I pray that uh, tonight, if there's anyone who doesn't know you as Savior, Lord, maybe they haven't started at all, I pray that they will um, step out and maybe seek someone, come talk to pastor and ask how they can know you as their personal Lord and Savior. God, thank you for dying on the cross for our sins, God. And I pray for those of us who are Christians, you know, we are uh, running the race God, I pray that we will live a life every single day that will eventually cause us to finish the way that you would want us to, in a way that which would make you proud. God, thank you for all that you've done for us and all that you're going to do. In your name we pray, amen. Thank you for listening. If you have questions about your relationship with God or you would like to know more about the ministry of Good News Baptist Church, please visit us online at goodnewsbaptist.org or call us at 757-488-3241. We encourage you to share this message with others. We trust your heart was challenged as you listened and God's word has had an impact on your life as together we strive to show forth the path of life. Press on.